Hey there, welcome to episode number 127 of Show Me Your Mic, which you can find at goodstuff.fm slash smym. My guest for this episode is Justin Jackson. We had a conversation that was supposed to be just a little quick chat about uh, Castaways Club that was recently launched, a podcasting community that I've talked about on the past episodes, and uh, kind of spiraled into a great discussion about growing your podcast and frustrations of having a podcast that's not successful and all sorts of different stuff that we sort of branched off of. I think you'll find it interesting. I had a lot of fun having conversation. I always do when Justin stops by, and uh, hopefully you do as well. I want to thank Gumroad for sponsoring this episode. A little more about them later on in the episode. And also be sure to check out castaways.club if you want to find a community, join a community. You can find them at castaways.club. Find us at castaways.club. But if you want to join a community of podcasters who are at all levels of podcasting, um, you're welcome to join. More details at castaways.club or patreon.com slash castawaysclub. Now on with the show. You do a lot of advertising for Slack. That's old Slack though, right? That's Oh yeah, that's that kinda, doesn't even matter anymore. That's just like hipster cred. Yeah. I was I was into Slack before they changed their logo. Now, <laughs> now I'm not. <laughs> that's how you know. That's how you know, yeah, you're you're legit. You sound you got a cold or are you are you just stoned over there in BC? What's what's going on? No, I'm just <laughs> I just had taco salad, and so, <laughs> like, all of my sinuses are empty. Like, like empty spicy? Right yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. It kind of cleared out the system. Yeah. Uh, the other problem is I'm, I'm still, like, doing things on my computer while I'm talking to you. Of course, yeah. That's no good. You can't do that. I got I to gotta get fully... That's very disrespectful, disrespectful to my audience. Yeah. I got to get fully present here. There we go. I'm more present now. And... The the only other thing I've noticed is that um, the uh, the comments aren't working for me in inside like when you connect to restream now, mm. not working. But that's that's just life. I think I turned you on to restream, right? Maybe or maybe you found it. But now I'm kind of going the other way of like I don't like having everything everywhere. Yeah, but I will say the. Like when you go to the Twitter app, if you're using the Twitter app and you see like above everything else, all other tweets, anything mm-hmm. else happening in your world, at the very top, you see Justin Jackson talking about some sort of marketing thing <laughs> and a video and I can just tap that and watch it right now. Yeah. That's way less like friction than, oh, Twitch. Interesting. I've never been on Twitch before. What is Twitch? And you click that like, what the heck is happening? Where am I? Or whatever, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So usually the breakdown is I'll get like... 800 to 1,000 views on Twitter and then like, I don't know, 100 views on YouTube and then, uh, you know, a handful on Twitch. That's that's yeah. how it breaks down. But it's all about, just like anything, podcasting or whatever, it's all about the audience you have, right? So I have the biggest audience on Twitter. That makes sense. So they all get notified or... And right now Twitter is promoting live video so i think we're gonna find out in like a, a month or two it'll, just like with facebook video where twitter will put out some press release about so many people are watching video on twitter and then two months later buzzfeed or whoever replaces buzzfeed since everybody got laid off they're they're gonna be like actually twitter was juicing the numbers just like facebook was <laughs> yeah 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 oh that's true i mean but it, there does seem to be more engagement on twitter in general actually i kind of think uh twitter is making a comeback in the sense that, uh, you know, I mean, th- there's still lots that's not good about them for sure. Yeah. But um, 
let's see if I can find this. This gal I noticed the other day, she was like, she just deleted Instagram off her phone. She deleted Facebook off her phone. But she was like, you know, I'm going to keep Twitter. Twitter kind of feels uh, different, right? Mm-hmm. Um, let me see. Deleted both Facebook and Instagram off my phone. Productivity and happiness went up. Twitter doesn't seem to have the same effect on me as those two. And then this one guy responded and said, um, uh, I mean, it's a little bit poetic, but Facebook, Instagram uses noise to distract us from who we are. But Twitter gives us signals on how to become who we want to be. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, but, you know, Twitter used to be the one that everyone's like, oh, it's dead. Like, you know, it's all on Instagram. It's all on Snapchat. But I guess it depends on what kind of where you hang out. But Twitter is still going strong and there's still lots of people that are engaging there. And for me, at least, I also deleted Facebook and Instagram off my phone. And Twitter's just the one I can't delete. It, it's just, there's there's some good stuff there. Well, you have definitely, yeah, good stuff that I've you, you've, uh, you've definitely, you know, you've got, you hit a, hit a nerve and have like the you, there's like I've often said that in podcasting, and it applies, I think, to everything. There's like a tipping point, right? Where from like the 2,000 follower to and under folks like myself, I think I'm just over, but like 2,000 followers and under like myself, you're sort of in that world for a long time, and then something happens, like virally or whatever, that then mm-hmm. you jump to like the 10,000 ish and and up, and like, and then at, somewhere in there, whether it's at 5,000 or 10, I don't know what the number is, but like when you put out a tweet saying, Hey, how does whatever work? Or what's your opinion on Burger King? Or what's, you know, then you, you get like responses, right? Whereas at the sub, I don't know, whatever the number is 2000, let's say it's kind of like, I'll get one response from a friend and then another response from, from smart ass on Twitter and that's it. And then there's no real conversation that happens. Um, mm-hmm. And similarly with podcasts, like you have podcasts that have a thousand downloads and you, put out a thing saying, Hey, can you let us know what, you know, whatever tweeted us on this or give us a call on this number and you get one. And then at some point, like 5,000 downloads plus or whatever, it's like, it jumps to like the, the, it's not just a simple percentage number. I feel like it's like, there's a, the hockey stick curve thing of like, it grows exponentially in terms of the community and and response that you get on different Mm -hmm. things. And so like for you, I would imagine Facebook is probably some percentage smaller in terms of followers than Twitter. Oh Yeah. I don't pay any. Yeah, I, 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 I never really spent any time there. Right. So yeah, that exact. Yeah, that's true. Chicken and egg a bit, but yeah, a little bit. But it's you know I I just read that book Atomic Habits yeah. and the the one message I like about from the book is just the things that you do every single day, the little improvements you make every single day, the little tweaks you make every single day over time do create results. So I think that's part of it, that just the the practice of focusing on the right things and doing it consistently. But I think the other side of it is what uh, someone said at PodCon, uh, the Night Vale guy. See, this is the other thing I can't, reason I can't get rid of Twitter is because it's like my brain. I'm like, oh yeah, I got to remember what I tweeted there. To be to succeed in podcasting, you have to be first, the best, or different. What do you think about that? First, the best, or different. I'll just say hi, Jason, for watching out there. Um, new Castaway Club member. Thanks for popping in. Uh, the first, the best, or different. You have to be one of those three? 
or yeah, all, or, yeah, or, or, or multiple yeah. is, is good too. Yeah, I think because that's what I remember as I was reading earlier is you, did you post, I know you posted a tweet about that, I remember, and then maybe there's an article somewhere too, but that mm-hmm. like the first early adopter thing of like, you can just, if you, as long as you're there first, like Leo Laporte, even let's say like with Twit, mm-hmm. first to podcasting, tech podcasting, he's certainly not the best, but he was the first and he got the huge wide audience right off the bat that is just not going to move. It's like a, an ocean liner, right? Yeah. So it's not yeah, going exactly. like he's, he's good. <laughs> sort of a major scandal or screw up, which, you know, could happen, I guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the re- and then the rest of us now over the last couple of years are kind of just like trying to be, what was the other two better first, better, uh, best, or the first, the best or different. Right. And we try, like, we try different things. I know I've tried that, like, different angles on a similar, like, a different style of tech podcast, maybe, or a different, and it, it's a lot of work to be different, is the problem. If you're not different by nature, if you're, if you're a generic mm-hmm. white guy, you're, yeah. Leo Laporte has already got our role filled, right? Like, he's, he's got that, and, and yeah. a bunch of guys like him, um, which is not to complain about being a white guy, obviously, in tech, but, um, yeah, and then. And then to be good takes even more work, right? Like to be, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I guess just give up. I I quit. I just... <laughs> no, no, you you're doing great. Just keep going. I I mean, if while you're waiting to be the first, the best, or different, I think you need to put in the practice. So yeah. I mean, Leo Laporte. Even if we take him as an example, yeah, maybe he was first to the tech podcast genre. But he had a uh, like 20-year career in radio before that where he showed up every yeah. single day at a studio. He developed his radio personality. He took calls from listeners. I mean, he was, in, in terms of uh, being a seasoned kind of entertaining person on audio, he'd already done that, right? Yeah. And so while you're waiting to do to be the first, the best, or different, I think you need to put in the practice, uh, which a lot of folks don't seem to want to do. <laughs> um, but the the flip side of that is that eventually, to the big bumps, the big kind of where you're going to get to the next, you know, you get some bigger numbers, get a bigger audience or whatever, those come from, you know, hitting on a nerve that is different or better you've done it better than anyone else or you're the first person to kind of really articulate that thing and uh that's just kind of how it works do do you follow the song a day guy uh jonathan mann yeah i know who he is i don't follow him because that's too many songs for me (laughs) 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 but yeah i mean I, I, I've been following him, him for a while and i definitely don't listen to all of his songs uh every single day but you know, if you look at him, he's been doing a song a day for 10 years. Uh, that's pretty crazy. And some of it, you know, some, some, let's look at his latest uploads. Some of these videos have 66 views, 131 views. And so, but he does it every single day. And then, oh, you know, one might hit, make it to a thousand views. But there's a few that got really big and that you know, his, his big kind of, uh, leveling up times come when just through the daily practice of releasing a show every day, somebody checks it out and goes, Oh, this is, cr- this is crazy. This is different. This is, 
better than anything I've seen. And then that one goes nuts mm-hmm. and, you know, he gets a, a bunch more attention. Yeah. It's, well, it's cause it's, it is that like, um, there's, I'm sure there's many quotes about it. I can't think of what, what the exact one right now, but like, if you're not in the right place, when opportunity strikes, like if you're not, if it's a podcast or like, I know in your case, it would be maybe a, a post you wrote that, um, whatever the 37 signals guys or whatever retweet or share and, you know, it strikes a chord with something and then they happen to see it for, through some thing. And then there's like, you know, a, a cavalcade of different events that happen that like, like you said, like leveling up. And, and so if you were just, if you had given up on writing anything, just cause you're like, Oh, I'm only getting 10 views or my tweets aren't getting shared or whatever, whatever thing it was that sort of puts you in that, um, the, the dark place, mm-hmm. uh, you know, then you wouldn't be there when that inspiration struck your brain, first of all, to write the thing, but then also someone to the right people and right groups of folks to share that and boost it for you and all, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so, mm-hmm. um, which is tough yeah. to hear, I know, cause like, uh, it, it's easy. I know Kyle and I went through with good stuff. Like, you know, you have a podcast, you, like they were doing the morning show every day for a long time. You're like, and you hear over and over from people, oh, do you just gotta, you just, if you don't consistency and that's going to the key to like success and you're like, but definitely that wasn't any, you know, guarantee of success. It's, it's, it's kind of, yeah, you're, you're there in case success strikes, but it doesn't guarantee you success is going to strike whatever success means. What's the other quote I heard today that just kind of hits on this. It's something like, uh, and part of me gets super cynical about things like statements like this, but something to the effect of figure out what you want and how much it costs and then pay the price or something like that. The advantage in podcasting right now is there's something like 615,000 shows in iTunes, which in some ways seems like a lot. But that's compared to 35 million YouTube channels or something like that. Mm -hmm. There's still a huge opportunity right now in podcasting you're you're still early by a factor of a lot, <laughs> yeah. right? Like there's still a big opportunity there. And so certainly if you're going to say, well, I want to be the next, I want to be a YouTube star, you could look at what does that cost now in 2000, starting in 2019? Well, you know, a lot of the big folks started five, 10 years ago. Uh, so you're looking at at least five to 10 years, you know, to ramp up. There's more competition than ever. That's another factor. But you look at podcasting and you go, you know, there's a lot of hit shows that, and by hit shows, I mean anything that's, you know, has a reasonable following. There's some shows that are not from big networks, are not from big media companies that were just solo independent works uh, you know, creative works that have been launched in the last couple of years. And the, I would say the cost is lower in audio than in video, not just like actual cost in terms of microphone and stuff, but in terms of like, yeah. what's it going to take? The work, the you? muscle. Yeah. 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 Or, or what's the opportunity? What's it going to cost you in terms of being first, best or different? And cause the more people that are going after the same goal, the harder it is, right? Mm-hmm. So in, in YouTube land, man, like how are you going to compete with uh, those awful, what are those guys, the uh, Logan and what, yeah, like how are you going to compete Pauls with those? <laughs> yeah, the Pauls. How the are you trick shot guys. With, yeah. 
that they're they are way different, right? They're and they're they're kind of operating operating out of a a scared, you know, like they're fearful that if they're not if they are not the newest and the best and the different, it's just you you're competing against uh, a whole different group there. But in podcasting, there's so many things you could do, you could do different right now. There's so many ways you could be better than other folks in certain niches, and there's still opportunities to be first. And so many undiscovered, un uh, well, it's undiscovered or un, unthought of or whatever the word is, ideas. I think too, like the I thought when you're saying sleep or uh, song and I was thinking of the Sleep with Me guy, which I know you listen to the that Sleep with yeah. Me podcast, and like as if. You like in in a million years, you go pitch that idea to like a record label back in the day, or what? Like nobody's gonna give them money, and like sure, you know, a celebrity who you know goes down to that level, maybe they'd get support for that. But like to say you're gonna do a podcast and read, tell stories, and based in the idea of putting people to sleep because it's so boring and like yeah. <laughs> and calming and soothing and all that stuff. Like you know, the, there's no way, and and there's a, a tons of different ideas around that, like. I, I, I always struggle with it because like my, my, the easy one for me, the easy sort of go-to is like this kind of thing, like talking, just talking head podcast, interview show kind of thing, or mm-hmm. like just tech dude t- podcast. Th- those would come easy to me. And I'm yeah. not just like the cost you said, like, I'm not willing to put in the time to really, like I had an idea of like doing a, uh, a pretend audio journal of, um, like Bono. I had a dream one night that Bono was like in my house. Bono from YouTube was like staying at my house. Right. And I woke up, I was like, that'd be a hilarious podcast. If I could script it and be like, you know, a journal of like, Oh man, today Bono was just, he just, he took all the mini wheats. And I was like, I was looking forward to mini wheats. And he's like, he got up before me and he, t- you know, like create a whole story around that idea. Right. Or whatever it is. Like that's just yeah. one silly idea, but like, I'm not willing to even put in the work to script out episode one and it, and, Maybe it would be, or maybe it would. I know it would be funny and fun with the U2 fans out there because I know there's enough of them out there. But like, yeah, who knows if that would be successful or not. But um, but yeah, like I'm not willing to put in the work to even try that often. And so, but that yeah. being said, the cynical side of me is like, I know there are people who are putting the work, doing that, you know, trying to be the best in a different way. And, but maybe aren't first, maybe they are, but like, and they're still not hitting any sort of nerve or success vein, you know? Yeah, this is, I really want to get into this because I think about it a lot. And I, I obviously now with Transistor, I want people to be successful with their podcasts. And so I think about this, this whole thing, like in order to be successful or have, um, and success is going to depend on your goals, but in order to attract any sort of listeners, what do you need to do? And, you know, one thing I think we've realized is that in most cases, podcasting is not a great place to grow an audience from scratch. Uh, I think in most cases, it works better when you're bringing an existing audience to your show and at least making that the base that you build on top of. Is that because discoverability is still so bad in pocket? Not, not to tangent you too much, but like, discoverability is still pretty or is it like the you know like the you tell someone about a podcast even when someone tells me about a band i'm reluctant to go check i don't know if it's just me or this is human nature i'm reluctant to go check it out because it's like it's a lot of work to in to get into a thing you know and like i already have my bands that i'm into or i already have the podcast so i'll hear like you told me i love you know the the sleep with me guy 
mm-hmm. hear you and I'd, yeah, that sounds good. But I, I like, there's very little chance I'm going to actually go listen. Cause it, and I may, again, maybe that's just me, but it, it takes like, yeah. I think you guys were talking about it like, or somebody was like the, you know, seven contact points of like, you mm-hmm. know, if you said it and then my wife was like, oh, I listened to this sleep with you guy. And then the, someone else has, you know, mentioned it to me or whatever. Then yeah. I might start to go, but like, whereas like anything else, any other medium, like you said, um, building an audience on Twitter, way easier. Like mm-hmm. someone recommend, recommends someone to follow. I can very quickly just scan their last 10 tweets. Uh, no, not for me. Or yes, I want to follow that person. Favorite retweet, et cetera. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, totally. Yes. So, uh, I think part of it is <laughs> now I, I always like to do the coffee shop test, which is, you know, I'm in a coffee shop hanging out and then, uh, maybe I'm hanging out with a friend who's just a normal, right? A muggle. And a muggle. <laughs> and the, the, uh, I might say, Oh, Hey, are you listening to podcasts? And, uh, my one friend Jason says, well, I don't subscribe to shows, but every once in a while I'll get interested about a topic and I'll search for that topic and just see what comes up. Now, in that case, I think discoverability is really bad. I did a test uh, of like searching for topics in different podcast apps. And topical search is not so great right now, right? Uh, but that's how some people are, are engaging with podcasts. But it's still, it's, it, it really makes sense as a medium for subscription. Right. It makes sense for people to find it and like almost they have to hear the show like three or four or five times like knocked into them and then they go, okay, I'm going to go check this out because everyone's talking about it, right? Mm-hmm. And so you're right. It, the, there's a, uh, the threshold you have to cross to actually get a subscriber is much greater than Twitter. But once that once subscriber's there... <laughs> then, you know, they are engaging with you almost every week or almost every time you publish an episode. And in terms of deepening a relationship with an audience, there is no better medium than podcasting. It's it's just, there's nothing like it. So maybe it's not the best place to build an audience from scratch, but it's a great medium for uh, building a, a stronger relationship. Yeah. Well, you see folks like, like the folks who have the, like you referenced YouTube people like the Logan Pauls or whatever in the, but even I know I just watched uh Peter McKinnon. He's like a Canadian guy, a photographer who got, who's gotten huge on YouTube for like, it, and it feels like doing the same thing that other people are doing, like artful, creative shots, no, mm-hmm. nothing against Peter McKinnon. I think he's doing great work, but like it wasn't, he wasn't first. He wasn't all that different. And I don't know that yeah. he's the best. Like it, it's, it's kind of a weird one that, but he's broken out huge, like to the Casey Neistat level on YouTube, kind of almost um, like sub, whatever that is, <laughs> Casey Neistat. But like, um, where was I going with? Oh yeah. Like, but he's starting a podcast and like, and it feels, cause it is like a way, like even on YouTube, you don't get a direct connection with your audience in the way that a podcast kind of gives you that intimacy of like, you're literally in my ear, eardrums. And I guess some people listen with headphones on on YouTube or whatever, but mm-hmm. there's still a desire at that level to like branch out, obviously to different things. He's not starting up a mailing list. He's not starting up a new membership club, you know, any number of things he could do with his extra, whatever extra time he has while he's doing this really successful YouTube channel with vlogging and stuff every day, he's mm-hmm. setting up in the production of, uh, a, a podcast and like there's something yeah still like you said i think it's it goes deep right it it digs a a firmer foundation with your audience than the other mediums 
tend to do. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I think it is good to say it's not easy. Like it, it just because I think, again, it's like, uh, you know, uh, Tim Ferriss once said, if you want to be a pro athlete, don't get, don't get into cycling. Cause there are so many like pro level cyclists that you're just, the level of competition is huge. But if you want to have a better chance, get into, uh, what do you call it? Deadlifting or whatever. There's just not as many people in that. And uh, so I'm not saying it's easy, but I'm saying if you want to give yourself a chance, if you want to make it easier on yourself, podcasting is still, it's still open. Like 600,000 shows is not that many. I know it, it seems like that, but that's like, in Canada, we have 36 million people, right? So what's 36 million divided by 615,000? That's like 58 shows for every uh, Canadian. It's not that many. <laughs> it's not that many. Uh, well, and you have to know half of those shows aren't actually publishing or, or are, are nearly dead or whatever. You know, like That's right. Some number anyways. It doesn't matter what, but... Yeah, I think it's it's pretty high actually. Uh, James Cridland at Pod News calls that pod fading. Yeah, and there are a huge number that pod fade. I mean, that's one way you can be different is just make it past your first year. Yeah, <laughs> if you if you publish a show past its first year, you're doing okay, right? Yeah. Hey, folks, I'll get you back to my discussion with Justin in just a second. I just want to take a second or two to thank Gumroad for sponsoring this episode of Show Me Your Mic. They sponsored the last three episodes, and this is the final one they're sponsoring. And I want to thank them uh, just for taking a chance on a smaller show like Show Me Your Mic and also just for giving back to the podcasting community in this way. So please go visit gumroad.com slash showmeyourmic and learn a little bit about Gumroad and how you can use that service to sell digital stuff. Digital content creators are using it, including podcasters, musicians, writers, teachers, and more. It's free to get started, which is awesome. So you can just set up your store, or set it all up just the way you like it before you have to worry about paying anything for it. And then professional features are available at just $10 a month. That includes unlimited bandwidth and payments are just 3.5% plus a 30 cents charge per transaction. Gumroad helps People like you, digital content creators, do more of what you love to do. It's a super simple e-commerce solution for all types of digital content creators, including podcasters, musicians, writers, teachers, and more. Over $168 million has been earned by creators using the platform, used to pay for everything, of course, from coffee to their kids' college fund. I know I've said this in the past on previous episodes, but my brother-in-law uses Gumroad as the sole platform for his entire business, selling digital patterns, PDF files, basically with patterns that people print out of how to make really cool, interesting steampunk-related costumes and cosplay items. And it's all run off of Gumroad. He puts a video on YouTube, links it back to Gumroad. He doesn't really even have to have a website. He does, but he doesn't have to because it's all linked through Gumroad and YouTube. And like a lot of other services like this, there's a bit of a network of effect just for being on Gumroad as well. It's a sort of a market and a store that you can visit. You can find out about other stuff that's related to things you're already buying and, and using. And so you kind of have a, a network effect of in introducing your product or your service to other folks as well. So my thanks again to Gumroad for sponsoring this episode and sponsoring Show Me Your Mic. Visit gumroad.com, of course, to sign up. Gumroad.com slash showmeyourmic is where you can go to make sure to let them know where you heard about Gumroad from. And I really appreciate their support and you going and checking them out. All right, back to my conversation with Justin. Kind of back to this other idea of just how do you make a show better? 
in the sense of like, how do you get more listeners? That's still really interesting to me mm-hmm. because it do, it just feels like, again, to quote someone else in the podcast industry, uh, Nick, is it Qua? Yeah. Or the hot Qua? pod? Hot yeah. Pod the hot pod guy. Yeah. He has this saying where he's like, you know, the one thing with podcasting is it feels like everyone's trying to drill oil where the last guy struck it big, right? (laughs) Yeah. It's like everyone, so so people see like cereal comes out and strikes it big. And so everyone goes and drills oil in the same spot. That's a terrible place to drill oil. Uh, Actually, I mean, if you can be second or third, it's not bad, right? Yeah. Uh, And maybe in cereal's case, they just opened up a whole new genre, which makes sense. You can go, you can go drill oil there. Well, yeah. Yeah. yeah, but uh, there's something to be said about going and finding some uncharted territory and, you know, trying out some new stuff. And so, yeah, I mean, if you're you're trying to start an Apple tech podcast right now, it's possible. I mean, I'm not saying it, it's not possible, but there's a lot of folks trying to do that. And the shows that have done well, Daring Fireball, ATP, whatever uh, is going on over at Relay, um, even Dan Benjamin's stuff, though, that was uh, taking existing big audiences from blogging or Twitter or whatever and bringing that to the show. So unless you've got a bigger audience, it's going to be tough, right? Yeah. Or unless, I, I mean, if you have a good network, um, supercomputer.fm that shows interesting because um, Matt Casalini he um, did not have a big uh, audience before he started the show but he was able to connect with a bunch of people that had big audiences um, he co-hosts it with Alex uh, Alex Cox and she has been she's on Dubai Friday she's you yeah. know she's on a bunch of big shows that that can work and that's one way to be different, right? That's one way to be better than the competition. Yeah, you get a Justin Jackson on your podcast and you're guaranteed. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's like no guarantees. <laughs> and I, I've clearly seen the the uh, kind of the, the limits of my audience. So every show I do, you know, it gets about 2,000 downloads per episode. That's I'm pretty consistent. I should double check, but I'm pretty consistent over all my shows. Uh, the The audience I have translates into about two thousand regular listeners. It's interesting because that's like uh, what, I think I looked. Uh, it's not like I obsessively look at how many Twitter followers you have, but I just remember looking. It was like twenty thousand or whatever is around you're at. So I, mm-hmm. it'd be interesting to wonder. Like you had posted about um, sharing podcast stats and download stats and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and which you did in Castaways Club as well, and and then on Transistor's site, I think is the, that blog or where I forget where you I didn't. Yeah, like yeah, that. I posted on Transistor's blog too. Yeah, yeah, and like so, it, it'd be interesting to see, you know, like so. John Gruber has this many Twitter followers, and how many people from that, uh, you know, what percentage listen to his podcast? So you're in your case, it's ten percent, right? Two, yeah, twenty thousand, uh, two thousand, uh, twenty thousand to about two thousand. Yeah, I yeah, would say. so ten percent of your listeners or readers, subscribers, whatever you want to call it, um, are going to listen to the podcast. And that's obviously not very scientific at all. It's just based on one person. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. But it is and probably then, some number like that, you know? like Yeah. And my newsletter is about 10,000, I think. Because actually so, even this show, podcast, like a podcast about podcasting, which is obviously within its own niche, I think is around 200 and some subscribers last time I looked. And, mm-hmm. and I have 2,000. 
Twitter followers. So, you know, there's that's two data points anyways. It's not by any means an exact science and <laughs> don't take yeah. that as a, I'm not a mathematician or a statistician, but, you know, it just stands to reason, I think, that you're, there's only so many people that are actually going to click through a link, whatever it is, and, and especially if it's a podcast where they know they're committing to listening to a thing for 10 minutes or a half hour or an hour, however long you babble on for, mm-hmm. um, you know, you're going to have to, yeah, it's going to take a bit of work. Yes. And the question then is, if you have an existing show, how do you make it surprising? So if, you, if you've been doing something for a while, and especially if you get another uh, benchmark, like if you found out, I don't know. Uh, so on the high end, I'm guessing Earwolf's Wolf Den uh, gets, I don't know how many downloads they get, but I'm sure they get something, right? Um, and they're, they're probably the most listened to industry show, I'm guessing. Uh, so how could you compete with Earwolf's uh, Wolf Den? And that's how could you make it surprising? How could you make it different? How could you make it better than what they're doing? And, you know, there's a, a bunch of... One, one tactic I've used is I'm just going to be really raw and open and uh, transparent. I'm going to reveal numbers that everyone wants to know, but no one shares. That's one way to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that will work to a certain point, and then it won't work anymore. Uh, but it has to be surprising. Like if there's nothing, if there's nothing that would make people talk about it in Slack to their friends or uh, you know anywhere really, it. And even actually looking in Castaways Club and um, in the, there's this introductions area. And I'm looking at the shows that, because you ask people what their favorite shows are. Yeah. So the, the, the shows that people mention, they're kind of all the same. Um, well, actually, so this first one, he's interested in, in a lot of new shows. So Show Me Your Mic, Cortex, uh, podcasters roundtable, industry kind of stuff. Right? Industry kind of stuff, yeah. Yeah, and then he's English, so he's got a. But the next one, the next one down, reply all, uh, Joe Rogan, you know, back to work. Yeah, uh, I said, and I mean, I listen to a lot of indie shows, but when when you ask me like in kind of an open setting, and I have to pick two, I'll be like, uh, I really like Conan O'Brien show. <laughs> Because well, yeah, you don't want to like have to explain like I listen to this podcast by a guy who talks about podcasting. Like you're not going to rep like say show me your mic is one of your favorite podcasts to like out with your muggle friends having a beer. <laughs> yes, exactly. But at the same time, it shows you like what does it take for somebody to share a show. And so, you know, if someone's going to share for example Heavyweight, which is another great show, um how would you got to think about how people are selling that show to their friends. Like, how are they, oh, you got to listen to the show. Well, what's it about? Okay, it's this like super kind of sarcastic Canadian Jew. And he like talks about, uh, he goes into people's lives and like tries to fix their problems on air. And it's just super funny and weird. And there's nobody on the radio like him. You just got to listen to it. Like listen to the one about um, 
you know, and then you give them an episode yeah. to listen to. They have to have some sort of like something they can take to yeah. their friends. And, you know, if you have a show, uh, I don't know. Well, if like, you have- cause if I was, if I was saying like, um, even like build your SAS, like your you and John's show for transistor, yep. that's like a promotional vehicle for your, po- for your podcast network or for your yeah. uh, podcast hosting company. You know, there's, uh, there's been episodes where I listen cause I'm editing it obviously. And I listen and like the, um, I'm like, oh man, that's like, this is awesome. The one you did on SEO stuff for websites or whatever. Yeah, like it was just yeah. you like riffing or like reading or scripting or whatever. But like, yeah. you know, that, that's got a, a bit of meat to it. That's mm-hmm. very identifiable. A one track thing that, that is very shareable, very like, here's why you would want to listen to this. But like a lot of your episodes, they're not, it's not no knock against you. Like you're doing what you're doing and you're doing it well, but it's yeah. not like, oh man, you have to listen to this. Cause like in this one, John, like really f- you know, F's up Justin's brain with like the story he tells or whatever. And cause you know, like in, in the way serial or something is like, I could still tell someone to go back and listen to the serial and be like, you should, you have to listen to the first season, like whatever you do after that, but like listen to the first season. Cause it's a great murder mystery, you know, history show episode like that you have to sort of follow and you're just going to like binge it just like you would a Netflix show. But, but yeah, and that's the, it goes back to like a lot of the work required to do something like that for sure. Yeah, but, um, but that's a great. I mean, maybe that's what we need to do next. I have to say, John, every single episode you got to <laughs> f out my brain. Yeah, <laughs> because it's surprising. It, it's it's like uh, so. James Altucher says when he writes a blog post, he tries to leave a cliffhanger at the end of every paragraph. Uh, when I asked Derek Sivers for his like number one piece of writing advice, he said, "Make it surprising." So write all your stuff and just remove everything that's not surprising. And I think the problem a lot of new shows have, especially and new shows that haven't quite attracted an audience yet, is there's just nothing. um, They're too conventional. They're not there's not enough surprising stuff in there. They're just doing what's already been done. And uh, I realize that's not uh easy it's not easy to figure out what how to do what's not you know how to do what's not been done yeah but if there ever was a time now's the time yeah you're still in that the bubble whatever you know if it's a if it's a, a big parentheses around the whole group of people that are air quotes first of, of your first mm-hmm. great where did i put that thing <laughs> i wrote it down because i keep screwing up <laughs> first best different um yeah. you know we're still in that as much as it doesn't feel like it to the podcasters who have been around for a while, we're still in that sort of parentheses, I think of first. And so you have the opportunity to still be in that group. You're, we're at the tail end of that, I think, but like, I think we're, I think we're at the beginning still, to be honest, just because like how many radio shows are there in the world? There's still way more radio shows than podcasts. My guess is, um, how many, again, how many YouTube channels are there? There's still way more, then mm-hmm. so it just feels like we're still early it just True. feels like there there's so much opportunity still yeah and that's maybe the veteran or whatever you want to call it like you know having been around the industry for eight or whatever 10 years or something like that now you mm-hmm. start to feel like okay the maybe it's just even the feeling of like there's you know there hasn't been a bubble that's burst on us like with you know the big sort of media f- savvy you know frenzy feeding frenzy over like sponsorship money and whatever in podcasting it feels like there's going to be some sort of like settling out of that a bit and there's we've seen some of that where you know places that set up their own podcasting studios in-house have uh, disbanded them and gone back to like out 
uh, outsourcing it. Um, but still, it's still like there's the it's still seen as like the promised land kind of thing, and so um, it maybe is the that's promised what we need. Yes, I know it has to be because you're because <laughs> now I'm in it. Yeah. But the it, it I think it still is the promised land because there's again there's still so much that hasn't been done. The the there even so of those six hundred fifteen thousand shows, it's like. I don't know what it is. It's like 200,000 are active or something like that uh, or have published in the last month. I should make sure I get that right. <laughs> that's, uh, that's from... Um, you just make up stuff. It doesn't matter. It's a podcast. Nobody. There's still tons of opportunity. And Do you think when you say that, tons of opportunity, are you saying that as the marketing guy who wants, who thinks it's, there's opportunity yes. to like... <laughs> <laughs> that's a dumb question always <laughs> no, keep going. well like keep are you going. saying that as a marketing guy who who uh i was just meaning like in your in your whatever your your caricature on twitter let's say mm-hmm. as like i'm a marketing guy for for folks and want to help you do better in marketing let's say that yeah. that sort of character i guess of your roles and like or is it yeah. like you're the um you think that just for for fun and like for somebody who's like, man, I wish I could have a career in podcasting, whatever that means. I think I I want to have hope or whatever. Or is it like I think one thing, another helpful thing from James Clear's book Atomic Habits is he talks about goals and how they're helpful for setting a direction, but then you kind of have to um, almost like once you have your direction, you just have to focus on the daily practices you're doing everything every day, and so. You, you might think I want to make a full time living from podcasting. That might be the goal, and depending on where you're at, especially if you're just starting out, though, you almost have to say, "Okay, I'm gonna." That's kind of my direction, but now I just have to put in the work every single day, and really almost forget about that because if that if if you start a show and in six months you're not making a full time living from it, you're going yeah, you're going to be disappointed. Right. But the I'm saying in terms of if, if we step it down from that, so step it down from I want to have a full-time job or a full-time career in podcasting, just step it down a bit and go, okay, well, guess what? It's 2019 and you can start a radio station by buying a $60 USB microphone and hooking up to your computer. When I was a kid listening to CBC radio, oh, that, yeah, that was, was my absolute dream. <laughs> yeah. And then when I lo- went to the library and figured out what does it tar- take to start a radio station, it was like, well, you basically need millions of dollars. Yeah. But, but now, so if you step it down and say, oh, wow, for the first time ever, that obstacle has been removed. And so why don't you just start with, figuring out what do I have to say, who wants to hear it, and see if you can attract some of those people to actually listen to you. So, you know, dial it down. What what could I do today that would get me five listeners? And then what can I do tomorrow that will get me another five listeners? And if you keep going like that, then eventually maybe you can have a career or a business in, in podcasting. Uh, now, if you've already been putting in the work for years and years and years, then, um, you know, you're further along and you can ask other questions like, how am I going to do this and make it sustainable, right? 
Kyle says, if uh, I would have live streamed my little league games and become a baseball broadcaster at 12, if things were like they are today, yeah, <laughs> which is totally yeah. true. I was actually thinking that like, if your son came to your, your, uh, your daughter, you have sons or daughters, all I've, Three kids, sons and one, of your one kids. daughter, yeah. yeah. Comes to you and is like, Dad, I, I want to be a podcast. That's that like that's my career. You know, the way we would have been like, I don't know, whatever, I'm gonna be a baseball player or something like, you know, because I listen to serial or I listen to Joe Rogan mm-hmm. and I'm like, that's what I want to do. And yeah. and you would turn to them and say what? I would say, Thank God you don't want to be a YouTuber. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's my kid. Every time he's like, my oldest is like, I'm going to be a game, a video game streamer or a video game tester is what I want to be when I grow up. And like, oh, uh, oh, ninja. Yeah, yeah, yes. And and again, if you read Ninja's story, if you read any of their stories, their backstories, it took them years and years and years to get where they're at. And again, uh, that state, that idea of figure out how some how much something costs. Like Ninja streams like 80% yeah. of his waking hours or something like that. Yeah. Uh, I'll take podcasting over that any day. You yeah. know, if that's the cost to making it on Twitch. And then the other thing about Twitch is they own you. They own like your the money you make. They own your platform. They own all of that. I'll take podcasting any day. Yeah. Um, so... <laughs> There's there's so many opportunities in podcasting. Just even think about how much optimization YouTube people do on their thumbnails and think about how like awful most podcast cover art is. You know, like there's so many opportunities that or adding episode art, which is something I never do. Yeah. Um, you know, they're every single little video they put out, they're agonizing over the thumbnail. And, you know, we can't even get our crap together to, uh, you know, make a decent piece of art that's just going to stay on our show every single time we publish. Yeah. There's opportunities for sure. Well, and on and, that, like those little things, I like the, as with working with my clients, I started doing like adding um, chapter markers to podcasts, right? And mm-hmm. some percentage, like some small percentage of people ever pay attention to that. Like in the podcast player, you like on Pocket Cast now, it's almost like buried. Like you have to like swipe up or tap a thing. I forget, you know, it's definitely out of the way, but like mm-hmm. across all the shows I edit, yours, Shop Talk Show, Code Pen Radio, the thing that guarantees that I'm going to at least like where there there's a comment or some sort of feedback is how mm-hmm. did you do those chapter markers? So mm-hmm. then, which is great. That's good. And that, that's helped set me apart, et cetera, like as an editor. And it's not a whole bunch of extra work, but it is. And um, so then I go like old or not old school, but like, you know, I think I'll make a YouTube video on how I do that. Just like give away the information. And if I, I'll go look right now, but it's like, I put it out a week ago and it was shared. Like, I think, I don't know if you did, I think you did transit like to a podcasting audience, podcast creator audience or whatever it's shared. Right. And of, (laughs) let me just load it up here. 19 views, like of all, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like, and and not that I, like, I didn't put a ton of work, but it was definitely like thought into it. It, it took, you know, more time than if I just booked a consulting call, I should have just, you know, done that instead to make more money for myself or whatever, but like 19 views across all of YouTube. And there's a million different, you know, optimization things I should be doing probably with my YouTube channel. Um, but I do have other videos that get like, just take off for whatever reason. And, uh, and it's just funny, like how that, the internet works, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. But some of that's hard to figure out too, though, because some of that's a slow burn. Yeah. Like, and that's, that was a distraction. The, the point being like the, the YouTube thing is a distracting tangent we could 
take, you know, and go a million different ways with, but more the idea of like differentiating yourself, even just a small way, like adding chapter markers that I did for my, my clients, whether they were paying me to do it or not, mm-hmm. uh, is just a way to like help that I didn't plan. Like, and that's the thing. I think a lot of, so much of that is like, you're not really planning for that to be the different. I just did it cause I thought it was cool and, and was a lot of other folks I talked to were like, oh, it's not worth it. I never use those and I don't use them myself even, but I just thought it was like a cool thing. I wanted to try it. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, it can be some of those, sometimes it's like completely unplanned, unscripted things that are the little hooks that like, I, I know I've seen tweets of yours that like, I know you, you write them to be like, obviously you want people to share and like it, but mm-hmm. you're not like planning for John Gruber to retweet that. That's not like your goal mm-hmm. in writing that tweet, right? Or whatever. And, yeah, yeah. And that's, that's part of the thing, I think, is just like, if we circle all the way back around to the beginning of the show, where doing the thing, being in the right place so that if opportunity does strike, you're, you're there and ready to go with it for that. It, it's not going to be like the rocket ship that gets you to um, success, never having to work again in your life kind of thing, but mm-hmm. it's just going to help get you to that next level. And, and that's where I think, yeah. like I, I just read or listened to uh, David Tennant. He's an actor, British actor. His podcast, David Tennant interviews somebody or whatever. It's like him talking to his celebrity friends. Obviously there's like a, a memo going around amongst uh, actors like, Hey, you can do a podcast and you know, uh, mm-hmm. Dax Shepard's uh, armchair expert and stuff are taking off. Anyways, he interviews Olivia Coleman, who's his partner on Broadchurch. Really great show. If it's on Netflix, if you want to watch it. Um, but anyways, she, she said, he, she said something about like, she's right now. So she's on, uh, she's playing the queen and the crown, the next season of the crown. She's mm-hmm. been on, you know, really successful BBC shows. She's in a movie with, um, Emily Blunt and somebody else I forget that's coming out anyway, but she's still like terrified that it's going to end tomorrow. Like she does not have security in like, she has financial security for sure. Like, but just that her job, her job as an actor is going to just disappear tomorrow. Like there's no, mm-hmm. cause she doesn't have a plot. Like that's maybe where the podcasting thing is, is attractive to actors too. Cause they're like, this is a thing I can control. Dax Shepard is, you know, his armchair expert. It's like he records in his house. He controls mm-hmm. it from start to finish. He controls if he gets paid for it. He, it doesn't go away unless he decides to stop doing it. Um, whereas even for, you know, any, a celebrity, whatever that is they can stop getting work tomorrow and, mm-hmm. and they don't, it's not that their audience goes away. Like it's not like people were subscribed to Dax Shepard and then stopped watching movies. He was in suddenly just yeah. somebody else, producer, whatever decided maybe we won't have him on shows anymore. Somebody yeah. like Mark Marin too, like his podcast, like there is something about this medium that, like you said, that back in the beginning is exciting and there's possibilities for, I think. And in some ways I don't have a good answer for it, but I just keep bringing it up and I, and maybe people just think this is super boring, but to me, it all comes back down to if you're going to have a show, how is it going to be better than what's already out there? And, and I'm guilty of this too. It's like putting out a show in of itself is a lot of work. Just getting John, my business partner and I on the same day, like figuring out how to record. <laughs> Stupid how hard that is some days. Eh? <laughs> it's so hard. And then like often it's like that day, it's like, what are we going to talk about? Yeah. And then, so you're coming up with a topic that day. I realize all of this is difficult, but again, what's the cost? You got to count the cost before you decide you're going to do something. Otherwise, why even do it? Like if you're, if you're, if you know that, um, if you know you're going to pay into a mortgage for 10 years, but then lose the house, why would you even start in the first place? Like 
don't do that. Don't don't start off and kind of be engaging in a practice that's not going to get you what you want. Mm -hmm. And so if what you want is 500 monthly listeners, you got to think about what, okay, so who are these people? Where can I find them? What do they listen to already? What do they like? What, what are they already listening to that I'm going to have to steal their attention from? Mm-hmm. And sorry, not just podcasts, but Netflix, you know, anything Fortnite. else that they're Fortnite, anything, right? Yeah. Like Netflix says their biggest competition isn't, you know, iTunes. It's Fortnite. That's what they're scared of. That's what keeps them up at night. Mm-hmm. And so what Netflix is like, we've got to be better than Fortnite, right? It's not enough for them to be better than iTunes and Hulu. They've got to be better than Fortnite. Okay, well, what are we going to do to be better than Fortnite? Yeah. We, we've got to ask those same questions. And so if you have a show that's about, you know, uh, I don't know. If you, if you have a show that's about Nintendo, how are you going to be better than everything else? Now, I can give you an example. Um, there's a, a podcast on Transistor called uh, uh, Super Smash Bros. something, you know, something or other. <laughs> and um, they've gotten a lot of traction and I think it's just because of the keywords. People are like, people are really excited about Super Smash Bros. And so for whatever reason, there's some people going, I want to listen to a show about Super Smash Bros. And so they're typing that in. Right. Well, that's one way they could be different, right? And the other way you could be different or better is to listen to Nintendo Power. They have a show, right? Yeah, yeah. Like a monthly... And I've never listened to it, but just go, okay, what, what bugs you about this show? Like, what is about the, what is it about this show that you would change or that you would make better or that you could be different? And, you know, honestly, like a lot of shows are just too slick. They're, they're not raw enough. They're not, you know, getting into the stuff you want to hear. And so that's the stuff you want to focus on. If you're going to start a Nintendo show, you want to have something that's better, different, unique, interesting, surprising about what you're putting out. And um, there are, so we little folks have one advantage, which is when you're starting out, you don't have a, a ton to lose. And so you can be more raw, more transparent. You can talk about, um, you know, real stuff with a real voice, uh, unlike a lot of these other folks who are established. Right. And so you want to leverage every other, every strength you have, right? Yeah. Um, Kyle, I'll just uh, throw this in and we'll, we'll wrap it up shortly here. But uh, Kyle asked, uh, when Justin talked about keeping an eye on your competition on Build Your SaaS, there's a comparison to draw with podcasts. Likely, likely folks are going to listen to a lot of shows with the same premise. How much does content not matter and the personality slash voice matter? Right. Do you understand what you're saying? So in any kind of competitive field, I think you want to bring any advantage you have bring it to the table. Like it would have been stupid for Conan to start a show under a pseudonym, right? right. Like <laughs> McFarley's podcast, you know, like that. Why, why lose the advantage he has? He has got a great brand, Conan O'Brien. That's interesting already. And then he could have just interviewed, you know, people on the street, which might've been funny, but he said, well, if people are looking through a list of episodes, what would make them listen to my show? Oh, if I interview Dana Carvey, that that might help, right? Yeah. So 
you definitely want to bring every single advantage you have to the table. And if your advantage is you are entertaining, you've got a personality that's charismatic or whatever, bring it to the table. If you can harness it and, you know, practice it in a way that makes sense. If you're, I mean, there's definitely personalities that aren't charismatic, but, you know, they're really focused. They do a ton of research. They're extremely articulate. Uh, that, you know, bring that to the table. Whatever you have that is new and unique and surprising, you've got to bring that to the table. And, um, yeah, uh, my my concern is that I think people could be, they're thinking too inside the box still. And, you know, there there's things outside of the box that, could be interesting. Like I asked John, uh, John Buddha, my business partner, I said, is there a way we could like put a golden ticket in the thousandth download of every episode? <laughs> right? So every time, like every time it's the thousandth download, it says, you know, Hey, congratulations. You've yeah. won the golden ticket. I've been you saying that to you for years or not years, but like, yeah, the gamification of the podcast hosting side of things just to encourage because so that's so let's end off with this discussion because it segues nicely into castaways club but like so many of us are sitting alone in our basement or wherever doing their podcast putting it out to the world you get a hundred people listening and then you get a 200 people listening and then you get 250 and then you get 251 and 252 mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's just like the slow slog and and so any amount of like hey good job is just like from some sort of external source is gonna like do wonders for like even on Twitch, Twitch streaming, for those who don't know, like the back end of it, you get little, like there's sort of a, a pathway to um, affiliate and, and partner or whatever. And they clearly lay it out for, like it's not opaque or hidden like YouTube is. It's just like, mm-hmm. here's the step. So if once you have this amount of people listening every week, this once you have this many subscribers, this many concurrent viewers, this many uh, weekly broadcasts, or what, I forget all the things are, but like that's the things you need to do. And so then it's just like, okay, well that's, I can, you know, as a, a person myself i can follow that that pathway there's instructions of which to do next and mm-hmm. obviously with podcasting there's a there's a, there is like to a point a, a list of things you need to do but then once the show is out there um you got nothing and so even like so in castaways club we're using discourse forum software mm-hmm. which comes pre-built i didn't have to do a thing with all these like badges and gamification for like not jokey dumb things but also not mm-hmm. like super serious like i don't know you wrote, you know, you use 10 word, really big words or whatever, but like <laughs> stuff that actually helps the community grow, but also gives a little like, Hey, thumbs up. Thanks for doing that kind of thing. Yeah. Where you're, like for the first time you embed a YouTube video or the first time you share a link to someone else's discussion. And, and it doesn't, there's no benefit to the individual for getting them. Mm-hmm. And it's not like very well, like publicized that you got them other than you get notified. And, yeah. and that's where I think, so going back to like podcast hosting, something just like, Hey, you got like a thousand people now downloaded Mm -hmm. or subscribing. We think, (laughs) yeah, you know, here's a little sticker, share that or whatever, you know, like something like that. Yeah, you're totally right. And again, I keep mentioning this book. You guys got to read it. It's really good. Uh, one thing James says in atomic habits is we, we tend to do things that feel good. And so that just that rule alone kind of that applies across everything. Right. So in Castaways Club, the fact that someone's going to get a new user of the month badge, that makes them feel good, even if just a little bit. Oh, thanks. Well, well, oh, that's nice. I, oh, it's a little something. Right. Yeah. In, in this. And you, ultimately, 
people want that when they listen to your show too, right? They want to feel good most of the time, or they at least want to feel something, right? Yeah. <laughs> Angry maybe, or uh, thoughtful or whatever. But feeling good is a really good one to reinforce. And uh, and yeah, for on the transistor side, we've got tons of opportunities of how we could help people feel good when they hit certain benchmarks, right? Yeah. And I think a lot of this kind of comes back to we've got to, it's so hard, but we got to step outside of ourselves and just be, instead of just focusing on us and going, well, I want more listeners and I'm not getting enough listeners. I'm not getting enough engagement. I'm not, that I feel that way too. But the, when I push myself to think outwardly, like, okay, well, how can I make, make the listeners feel really good? How can I surprise them? How can I make them think about something in a way they've never thought about it before? That's the, that's the challenge, right? And it's not enough to just like plug in your microphone and hit record and go, okay, well, this is weekly episode 295 and I'm just doing this as a routine. You know, If that's the way you treat it, you're not going to get anything back. But if, you, if you're thinking about, okay, like how can we really push you know, outside of the limits here. How can we make this something that's interesting enough that even if only five people were listening, they would check it out and, or they would feel something, they would do something about it. They would something, right? Yeah. Um, so I, yeah, I, I think that's, 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 that's the key. There's, there's really, Yeah. Yeah, and, there's no magic. All sorts of things that you can get distracted with, um, like even using Twitch to live stream, or like even just live streaming in general, or using video, like all sorts of things you can get distracted with that take up time and effort and energy that may help a little bit, but like aren't the key thing, especially if it's podcasting that you're trying to do. And so um, mm-hmm. I know for that's a message for myself as much as anyone else is just like getting distracted with so much stuff, the mic you use, the headphones you have on, you know, and, and the yeah. idea that if I only added the support for Twitch bits or something, that would like be the way that our podcast would succeed or something on, yeah. on Twitch or whatever. And like, yeah, just, we could go on a, a bunch of different tangents, but probably best to wrap it up because I've been going for about, about an hour and it was supposed to be a discussion about Castaways Club and and that was what I pitched you with. <laughs> well, I want to end it just saying, I think that's why Castaways Club is important is that um, first of all, you have to pay something to get in. And I think that piece really leads to uh, an environment of trust. So podcasters need a safe place where they can talk openly about, here's my stats, here's an episode, can you give me some critical feedback? Like, it's not, uh, you know, when you ask for feedback on Twitter, people are going to be nice, but, you know, let or me put the extremes, this into, right? You get like, yeah, that's yeah, stupid, I would oh, never yeah. subscribe, or... Uh, you're amazing because exactly. you're Justin but it, Jackson. It's, am, it's amazing how having uh, a paywall really filters out the trolls. And so to have forums and then the Discord chat where people can, in a safe space, say, okay, well, here's where my show's at. Here's where I want to get to. And then, you know, have an open conversation about it where you know you're not going to get, you know, hounded by a bunch of trolls. That is so valuable. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm excited for it because I think, yeah, I think we've needed something like this. I've tried, uh, you know, Hot Pod had some forums for a while and they kind of dwindled. Um, but if you have really good kind of community moderation, 
uh, a private community like that can be invaluable for the people that are doing it because it's a safe safe place. Yeah, I think that hits on a, one aspect of it. I think for me, the the reasons why are I'm hopeful that it's different. I guess if we're going back to that idea of like first best or different, obviously it's not the first. It's probably not the best yet. And uh, what it's the way the best. <laughs> it's the best one based in Saskatoon, Canada. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, but it is that idea like I'm not, I, I mean, my job is, my business is, you know, editing podcasts. So I guess ten, tangentially, there's like, I would hope to maybe someday get a client out of or something, I guess. But I'm not, I'm not selling courses to it. I'm not through it. I'm not trying to sign people up for a marketing list. I hope you can do the math and figure out I'm not getting rich from, like I could do, it would be a lot easier to do consulting calls with, with podcasters than to run a like I was telling my wife this morning, like 10 people have signed up or nine people, I think it was this morning. Like, so it's like yeah. $55, but like, do you, I, I charge $80 an hour for a consulting call. So like, great. Yeah. I've just earned an hour of work from these people. So like once a month, I'm going to set aside an hour to devote into the community, which I've already spent eight to 10 hours this week on. <laughs> like, I'm way over yeah. budget and I don't do that begrudgingly. Like it's exciting and fun to do, but um, it's not like a get rich quick scheme either. And so I feel like there's a, an angle on it, and I hope that people can can grasp it, I guess, or, or feel it. Uh, and I need to, you know, do better with the marketing copy, even on it. But just that it's, like you said, a safe place to come, hang out, get encouraged, get some feedback, uh, have, find someone else to maybe test an idea with, like just doing a podcast with someone else that you trust and you you've built up a little bit of familiarity. Because um, mm-hmm. Twitter is still a pretty big, wide open place, and it's it's not as easy to meet people for that reason as it used to be. Um, yeah. And, and yeah, like the, so the paywall is just a way of like making it a key to get in basically. Um, and obviously it's open to anybody, but like even at seven bucks or 10 bucks or whatever it's going to be per month is enough of a deterrent, I think for most folks to like, not just want to pop in and hassle a bunch of people and then leave, which obviously I'd just delete their messages anyways, but, um, yeah, and give them their money back. But yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. No, this it's, I mean, I've been running a, a community for bootstrappers since 2013 and the the number one reason people join is because they are looking for a safe place where they can explore ideas and get feedback. So, and you know, podcasting definitely like people are nervous about their voice. They're nervous about the, There's so much anxiety. Yeah. And so, if there's one place where you can just ask a question without being called a tool, you know that that's worth it alone, yeah. right? Yeah. So castaways.club, if you're listening to this show later, uh, wherever you happen to be listening in the world, castaways.club is the website. Patreon, we're running the funding as you've, if you listen to previous episode, we're running the funding for it and membership sort of access through Patreon. And then that gets you access to, there's a discord, which is like instant messaging, kind of Slack like conversations sort of kept that to a minimal side, I guess, hoping, and then a forum where a little bit longer form conversations and, and stuff can happen as well. So you get access to those two things and then we'll see where it grows from there. And, and that's sort of the, the base plan right now. And uh, like I said, there's 10 folks now as of right now, anyways, that are signed up and joined and folks like Justin and myself, obviously are in there podcasters who have been doing it for a while, as well as podcast. I know Jason, where if you're still watching, um, he's in there and he doesn't have a podcast yet. And that's fine too. Like it's kind of just the world of podcasting is kind of interesting to you and fun. Then I want you to join and mm-hmm. whether you're going to stick around for two months and maybe realize actually it's not for me, or you stick around for a long time and, and grow into something, um, or you just develop some cool friends in the podcasting world, all of that kind of like 
is is awesome. And I think <laughs> Jason just said I, I'm paying to have my butt kicked, which is actually that's part mm-hmm. of it too. Where I want to for for those that want to, I kind of want to view it as a bit of a, like a gym that you'd go to, like you're signing up for a gym membership for podcasting, where maybe we'll do some like challenges. We are going to do some challenges where you know I'll give you some. I don't know. This is just like dumb ideas, but like some music that you have to just record a five minute episode using this kind of music. That's completely different than what you'd normally do and just try and make up something around that. And so then um, whatever those challenges might be, I'm going to collect them and put them into there is a castaways club podcast, of course, which is free to subscribe to in iTunes and or Apple podcasts and everywhere else. Um, Podcast.castaways.club hosted on transistor.fm, a nice podcast hosting company. I, hear. I heard they're good. <laughs> Um, and so all of that to say, uh, please check it out. The marketing copy and stuff on castaways.club is very like MVP, um, as far as minimum, very minimum, maybe VMVP, very minimum viable product as far as that goes, but it's out in the world and that's the most important part. Um, and I'm excited to see how many folks have joined up already. That's like 10 is a small number in terms of like big, huge forums, but it's nine more, I think than I thought we're going to be joined at this point, but you know, a few days after announcing it. So um, yeah. And thanks Justin for promoting it. Thanks for not suing me for copying megamaker.co. If you're interested in developing software and SaaS stuff, you should go sign up for Justin's mm. thing, uh, which is similar ish, but um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anything else you want to promote before you, we end the show, any links or sites or services or. No, just castaways.club. <laughs> You're supposed to go a little longer. Get, let me catch my breath. Um, oh. <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> well, thanks, Justin, for doing this. Uh, Justin's Am I Justin on Twitter and Transistor.fm is for some great podcast hosting. Um, and then, yeah, Castaways at Club if you want to join us in the community there. Um, we uh, This show is uh, recorded and broadcast usually on Fridays and usually weekly. I know I've been a little absent for the last couple of weeks probably because I've been focusing on Castaways Club and getting everything lined up and mm-hmm. ready to go. Um, and so that's out, the, out in the world. Uh, I'm iChris on Twitter, and you can follow the show at uh, twitter.com slash showmeyourmic is the Twitter handle. Changed it a little while ago from the mouthful of SMYM underscore FM, which looks good <laughs> on paper, but it's harder to say. So, And thanks to Gumroad for sponsoring this episode. I think that's it. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching on Twitch. Bye.